It's the Star Historians! Hi everybody! Um, coming at you on the first cold day of 2020, at least if you live in Oklahoma and Texas. And it's uh, your Star Wars historian friends, Luke, me, and David. Hey everyone, uh, Luke, did you do you do Jurassic Park as like your own intro music? Yeah, or- that's like you know how wrestlers have intro music. So you're saying if you were a WWE wrestler, that your entrance music would be the theme to Jurassic Park? Yeah. What, that's actually what, pretty dope. What would yours be? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, mine would probably be Yoda's theme. Mm. Coming in like The Undertaker. Mm. Fair enough. Just because both Yoda and Undertaker walk really slow. Speaking of Yoda, Yoda hops around. You don't make fun of his speed. Do you, well, oh, Le- do you think Lego he's going to... Star Wars. Hold on, how slow do you... Th- oh, yeah, he is really slow in Lego Star Wars. Speaking of Lego Star Wars and, and snow, I'm just full of segues today. Um... <laughs> Bad news on that front. Apparently, they're pushing it back to 2021, which is You're... really oh. painful. But yeah, I mean, it's it's still coming out in spring, so I'm okay with that. If it was like late December of 2021, I would be furious. Yeah, but... I mean, like, but it should have. It was like going to be released spring of 2020, and so, yeah. uh, like, if it comes out good, like, I won't complain and I'll be happy for it. I'll be happy that it took so long, but like, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to yeah. be here already. No, that's right. I think if it, if it's even more amazing than all the other ones they've done, I'll be okay with it. But if it's just, if you can put them on the shelf next to the other ones, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Mm. I'm well, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, now to return to the original segue that I was going to make. Speaking of Yoda, <laughs> we're uh, on our second episode in our writing room series on the High Republic era in which Yoda takes a uh, profound place as a mentor to our, our young heroes, uh, Stila, our Jedi Sentinel, Maze, our Jedi Guardian, and Avar Chris, the Jedi Counselor. Yeah. It, and and do you think Yoda? So we're obviously dealing with a, a younger Yoda, and this isn't what the bulk of our podcast is going to be about. But I mm-hmm. want to know: Is he slow still? Does he need a walking stick? Is that just a part of his character, or was that like a later development? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, when we see him, even in. Well, especially in the prequels, you know, he's either in his like hover bed that he has in Attack yeah. of the Clones, I mean, that's or he dope. is walking pretty slowly. I, I honestly think that the reason why he moves so slowly is just because he's super small and has very short legs. Oh, okay. Um, and so I, I don't necessarily think it could be an age thing. I think it might just be a species thing. Huh. But we, but maybe he could do and have something that kind of helps him along to kind of keep up with his other Jedi. But it's kind of crazy because even in when he's in battle form, he's pretty fast. Yeah, but yeah, that's true. But even then it's like you don't see him run as much. For him it's yeah. more about jumping. So maybe it is a leg thing and not so much an age thing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's easier for Yoda to use 
like force jump than it is for him to use force speed. Yeah. And so that's why. Is, so it's just yeah. like he uses the force to carry himself as he jumps. So it is an old thing because he's just oh. physically weaker. Speaking of force speed, I would really love for us to find a way to put that into these films. Just to kind of pay homage just so, to, just so to that, the old Republic. Just so that, <laughs> especially like the the four speed that you use and it affects the entire party. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you wanna you wanna have a um, a scene where they just like the person in the lead just sticks out their hands for a second and then like crouches down and then afterwards they run super fast. Um, if you haven't played Knights of the Old Republic, that's going to mean absolutely nothing to you. And absolutely wish, nothing to you. I wish that I could visually like demonstrate it because it's a running gag that David and I have. Which um, is, yes, yeah. You probably could find a video on YouTube of it You somewhere. definitely could. They yes. probably don't have it like just like, you mm-hmm. probably couldn't find a clip that was just using four speed, but it's mm-hmm. it's embedded in there somewhere. Yeah. Well, and I think the funny thing about that is I'm also remembering, like, if you have your companion or a droid, like mm-hmm. HK-47, yeah. and then you do, uh, like, force speed, you could be, like, a good mile away, mm-hmm. and you turn around, and HK is just barely, like, he's not, yeah. he's not even, he's not there. He's not you, with you. You have yeah, to wait not for with your you. party. Like, you're at the door to the place you want to go to next, but you have to wait for T3 to, to catch stroll up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, get, so, good old Kator conversations. Good old Kator conversations. Um, so I believe we left off uh, on Dantooine, and we were getting to the part right where the disaster happens, and the Nihilists have showed up. Um, we have some kind of scene where, uh, like, there's some visual problems in the sky that they can see, and then with some macro binoculars, they're able to see more clearly that it's these big old ugly ships coming in and just destroying like everything yeah Um, and this is also coming from a moment to where yoda was basically teaching them about you know not falling to the dark side not being driven by your emotions and these kinds of things And, and remember they just had done a test to where it was more of a decision making like a test for them Mm -hmm. that they all had different philosophies of dealing with it and all of them were wrong in a sense and we could even have it to where they were arguing with each other to where yoda steps in and says no it's it's really about understanding what the will of the force is and following that to then the great disaster happening and now they're all on the same page in this moment because they all are saying we have to help. We have to do something. And you made it a point to say that there are no really other Jedi probably on Dantooine. So we can focus more on these four characters mm-hmm. through this film. And really, it's like one of the main reasons why that's important to me is at this point, we don't really know like how dangerous these people are. And so I don't want them to just like face an army of Jedi and then just immediately get destroyed or or for something like that to happen. Yes. But yeah, I think I think a lot of there's a, a fear factor that I want to get um 
by having these people be isolated in a way, um, yet they have each other and are able to help Dantooine. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to save Dantooine, but they'll be able to help in some way. And so I guess we should turn to that and figure out what is it that the Nihilists are after. So at this point in the movie, we don't know what they're after, but like mm-hmm. in order to fill in the gaps, we need to know like kind of where we're going as yeah, a writing and, thing. Yeah. And I have an idea about that, about where we should go. I think the Nile should have a leader, mm-hmm. obviously like in charge of, of his entire organization, his entire group. And I think what this first movie is going to be more than anything is just a sample size. He's just testing the Jedi at this point to see, okay, how strong are you? How how active are you going to be if we do small attacks such as this? I mean, this is the the, the attacks are going to stem from the great disaster. Mm-hmm. But the destruction, especially at the beginning of the great disaster, is going to be small compared to what the leader has planned next right Uh, but but even then i feel like so i i I do yes i agree with that it needs this mm -hmm. needs to be kind of more like testing the waters like the nile are dipping their toe um into the water um however i think like because this is the great disaster that then Mm -hmm. leads into this great period of war like there needs to be something like really kind of important that is lost like Mm -hmm. maybe it's like an entire like republic fleet or like a small republic fleet or something like Mm -hmm. that that is over dantooine and then it's just gone or maybe dantooine has like a a space a republic space station over it um yes it's just destroyed yeah or even such as we start planting the seeds of okay whenever the jedi get involved there is a great loss that comes with victory. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of having a fleet or a a squadron of Jedi starfighters that get completely destroyed, like no one survives, not even victory per se, but just being able to stave them off mm-hmm. of, of Dantooine comes at a heavy price. And you see the leader, he doesn't engage his full forces, but it's still a challenge for these young Jedi to overcome because then we could even do something to where the leader, uh, I want to give him a name at some point in the next couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I'm I'm really, for whatever reason, I was thinking something like Scar, which then got me thinking of Taser Face, which, nice. is, what we see in, which is what we see in Guardians of the Galaxy. But... Um, the leader basically says, okay, they're strong, but they're beatable. Mm. And then that's that's, that, that sets up the second film, which I think is going to be probably more like The Empire Strikes Back, but I think probably a hundred times more dark. Mm. Okay. So I'm thinking about the character of like the Nile foot soldiers and trying to decide if we want them to be people. Hmm. 
Do we want them to be very similar to the Mandalorians where they're very like honor based or do we want them to be kind of more vicious than that? So for example, I'm thinking of there's a, a story that HK 47 tells in I think Knights of the Old Republic two, where he talks about how like the strategy in attacking Jedi is to actually attack like their friends or to attack their uh, nearby like civilians and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that puts them off their guard and um, unbalanced. Yeah, I think where my head was kind of at in terms of honor for the Nile is honor for their leader. Right. So their their leader dictates what is honorable to do. Okay. They're only devoted to him. So anything that they do, not that they're mindless beasts, but they're so loyal to their leader that anything kind of goes if he deems it so. Right, okay. So they have no care except for their own. Okay, yeah, I I can see that working. And so whenever we're talking about, okay, what kind of... Um, what kind of destruction do they have initially? I think it is important for us to to see them actually destroy something that's pretty significant on Dantooine. Mm. Yeah, so I guess that could be like, I'm trying to remember what the name of kind of the main compound is in KOTOR. There's like the Kunda maybe yes mm-hmm. yeah so kunda is this small kind of it starts off as a i guess what is the word it's it starts off as a kind of like plantation for a family of farmers on dantooine but then it grows into like a spaceport and into a small town and then probably by this period in the higher public would be kind of one of the biggest population centers on Dantooine. Yeah. It's got to be something that is important to... Because uh, remember, Dantooine in the past has been an area of destruction for uh, the Sith and, I guess, evildoers. And so they're always on the constant rebuild. Mm. So this center could be essentially what has helped them rebuild over the years and so it is so important to them that the nile understands that they need to make a statement even in this small attack they need to make a statement to the rest of the galaxy that the nile have shown Ooh. up and they're serious about yeah what they're doing. i actually really like that a lot because dantooine itself isn't like this really big strategic center or anything like that but historically it means a lot so for for a force to come attack the republic and the jedi and to do it at dantooine like it's not like audacious like if you went to coruscant itself and attacked it but Mm -hmm. it's it's important because right especially if they're like successful um, because it it shows like where all these other people have failed before, 
Um, mm-hmm. Here we're going to succeed. Yeah, for sure. And so we could have that kind of be the aim and the goal for the Nile initially. Like that's where they go directly. And we could have our heroes just kind of be a little bit too late mm-hmm. to the party. Do you think the Nile are aware of the Jedi before this movie? I would think so. I think they would have to be. But even if they're not, I could see the Nile, even with not having the technology, not actively using the technology that everyone else uses. Oh, actually, that's that's actually a really good point. I don't think they should know, per se. Like, maybe they know some, like, history. Like, because if we're going to go with uh, attacking Dantooine as an important historical point, maybe they know... Mm -hmm something about, like, the main leaders of the Republic, and they might know that, like, there's this kind of... They might know some shady details about, like, wizards or things like that, but Mm -hmm. they're... Or sorcerers, and... But they're not going to have, like, first-hand knowledge about the Jedi. Yeah, for sure. Or... Not saying that they wouldn't be intelligent for not knowing about the Jedi... But they kind of look over them at first. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, there's some kind of... They misunderstand who the Jedi are. So they think, okay, there's just some kind of army. We've defeated armies before. Mm -hmm. There's nothing different about them than uh, than past armies that we faced before. And this is kind of what wakes the Nile up and says, okay, these are going to be a little bit more formidable opponents for us a challenge for us moving forward but they're still beatable right we'll say that the our our group of jedi um witnessed these these far off like kind of explosions and, and signs of battle in space and then are realizing that they need to send a message to the republic that they need to help the people on dantooine and so start mm-hmm. heading towards kunda um, but maybe something kind of slows them down or maybe they're just not fast enough um, and Kunda is destroyed um, and they're just kind of, they see the, the, the smoke and the kind of fire and some of the rubble mm-hmm. by the time they get there. I guess, and, and we don't have to go by like every minute of the movie, but kind of one thing that I'm curious about is what we're putting in between them saying, okay, we need to head to Kunda, and then them, like, arriving at Kunda. I mean, I guess they don't need to have anything, because, like, if you think about mm-hmm. A New Hope, like, they uh, go from Obi-Wan's shack to Moss Eisley, and yeah. they just, they, they basically are like, all right, we're going there, and then they have, they do a screen wipe, and maybe show, like, a, a scene of them driving in the desert. And then, like, mm-hmm. another screen yeah. wipe, and then they're looking over the city. Yeah, and I think something along those lines can happen. Because remember, that since they're doing these tests and these trials, they have to kind of go on the outskirts of Dantooine to right. do these kind of missions. Or yeah, at they're least not, for they're the not, last one. They're not super close, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and, uh, this is kind of a bit extra, but... I just thought about how since we're wanting to do like a a cave like experience for um, one of the tests, um, 
and I'm just not thinking of like how many dark side spots can there be on Dantooine. We could do we could do um, the this and this is this is probably pushing it too much uh-huh. honestly, but we could do the the Star Forge kind of ruins uh-huh. um, for where the map mm. is and that and back to the old yeah. Republic again, but. Well, I don't think it's going too far, but I th- think since we're we're doing this, we're the writers, why not pay homage to what inspired us to go into this era in the first place? Yeah. Like, and and not ne- this is probably ultimately – it's probably just going to end up the way the trilogy is. It's probably just going to end up with this first episode is because we're recognizing the time period that we're in is going to be the one that pays the most, like – different homages mm-hmm. and then it'll kind of level yeah. out for two and three for sure because again this is going to be a film that establishes the high republic as an actual era right i also think that i just wanted to qualify what i said before with like we can i think we should make it look like the the dark side kind of temple mm-hmm. type thing yeah, um, we don't necessarily have to like outright label it as oh this is from the Revan right. era or things like yeah. that. But but the yeah for sure the, the watchful eye can infer such a thing. Yes, for sure. So they go and they're traveling through. They see the city or or the center in ruins, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where we kind of do things differently than probably what we've seen in the past in terms of it's not just the Jedi responding, but it's the Jedi alongside with the Kunda government working together to slow the destruction as much as possible, put it Mm -hmm. to an end. And because, again, we're seeing the relationships that the Jedi have established with these governments because why because they're trusted they're in the galaxy so of course they're going to work together to slow it down um there might be a little bit of resentment because one of the centers one of their major rebuilding centers was destroyed but that's not something that stops them from fully on cooperating with the jedi working with them to basically get the nile off of dantooine Mm -hmm. and so we can see something along the lines of okay destruction's already happened how can we slow this down how can we stop the bleeding okay let's make let's make let's make some game plans and we could even see to where there's really three missions that kind of happen and they're not super long but it helps us get to the conclusion because the third mission will be kind of the big final hurrah battle yeah that that we see because the reason why I have three is because we have one that is accomplished and is completed, but it's a huge struggle to get mm-hmm. it done. Why? Because these three Jedi Knights are struggling with each other. And, okay, who's who's really leading this mission? Who's really in charge? And, again, you can shoot this down or kind of change it as I explain. Um but that's the first mission. The second mission is a complete disaster that Yoda has to step in and take over. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, Yoda has to go off on his own uh, 
mission or he has to go back to the Republic, leaves these three Jedi uh, in charge and they have to work together in the final battle to drive off the, the Nile from Dantooine and it is successful and it actually works. One way that we can make this work is, let's say that, and this is a this is a possibility, and you can shoot this down. But what if, whenever they arrive to Kunda for the first time, um, after the Nile show up, uh, like, so the Nile at first don't pay any attention to the Jedi until they start getting active in the battle, and then like mm-hmm. pretty shortly after that, they make a like a quick retreat to like regroup themselves. Right. And yeah. so and so some damage to the city has already been done. It's not as like maybe like one portion of the the center is in rubble, but mm-hmm. but the rest of it is still intact. And then I don't know. This is trying to think of like the how do we bring about failure without bringing about like the destruction total defeat yeah Yeah. to bring about like the destruction of all the kind of resources that you're using well again i think it's i think it's the idea of maybe yoda he steps in and he is able to kind of pull them out of the situation so it's not necessarily the mission is a a failure but Mm -hmm. the the work that the jedi these three so avar uh, Maze and Stila that they do does not work because right. they can't seem to get it together. So Yoda has to step in and do it himself to where we probably even see an annoyed Yoda lecture them mm-hmm. about working together that the greatest Jedi is the one who has the most patience to see clarity even in terms of even in the presence of turmoil and conflict. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Did you have any uh, specific ideas on what these three different missions would look like? Um, I mean, besides like how they end. Not, not really. And I kind of, I kind of thought, I don't know if this was a revision or not, but just the idea of really it's just a battle that is taking place or maybe even kind of like a guerrilla tactic for like that's what kunda does like mm-hmm. they're more of a guerrilla kind of warfare uh tactics to where the jedi are just kind of helping with that um and so you it's more among it's really more among skirmishes to kind of drive them out of specific parts of the city Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately their goal the Niles goal is to take the capital right let's say their goal is to take the capital or to kind of leave it in ruins as much as possible um, but they're working their way to get there I guess is the question so they drive them out on this first mission of a specific area but the Nile regroup and they attack a different, a different kind of um, area within the city, to where, let's say about fifty percent of their forces are able to get by, the Jedi and the Kunda army or militia. 
because of the failures of these three Jedi in terms of working together, Yoda comes and drives 50% o- like away, but still 50% are heading to the capital. And that is still a pretty big force, let's say. Right. So, so now we're kind of talking about like, it's like a territory war behind mm-hmm. this, this section of the city that is under complete control of the Nile. And right. And the section of the city that is under complete control of the Kunda authorities and the Jedi. That's correct. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. And so, and again, we don't have to write these scenes out right. really, but have, having this idea of, okay, this is what's going to happen. Basically, right before the third battle, we can have something along the lines to where Yoda, he actively has to go to the, he has to go back into the core worlds to get help mm-hmm. for Dantooine. So he has to take off. Right, yeah. So we'll say, we'll probably say something along the lines of, like, the communications are being jammed. And so the only hope is for Yoda to head um, kind of, like, on his own in a, in a small mm-hmm. ship. And Yes. Much to the dismay of his students, because they said, we need you here. And even we can even have like a funny scene to where even some people from the Kunda militia says, "Yeah, we yeah, don't need leave you us with, here." Yeah, don't leave us with these idiots. Um, yeah, yeah, but but, but but we need to. I guess the reason why it has to be Yoda, like not like literally, but like in the and the story is because it like he need, he's the one who has the most access to the council into like the, the higher kind of leaders of the Republic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But Yoda believes in his students, Mm -hmm. which is something that maybe the militia doesn't understand. His own students don't even understand. But again, this is what kind of sets Yoda apart from everybody else. Right. Is his belief in his students and development to where in the third kind of third stage of this kind of territorial battle avar kind of takes she steps up in a major way to kind of take control of the situation listen to her fellow jedi work with the militia and lead them to victory to drive out um or not even to drive out but to hold off the nile before yoda comes back with reinforcements mm-hmm. um and then like this like kind of will end with a bit of an image of like republic ships coming in from hyperspace mm-hmm. and then just like just tearing into these nile ships before the nile eventually like some of the ships are destroyed and then others actually retreat but yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think that's cool. which to where Yoda comes back and he says, see, you guys were able to work together and we're going to need it to stop this terrible force that has now come upon us. Right. And I think we need to act. Probably what we can, what we'll find out by like these episode two is that like, it was actually at this around the same time that multiple things like this happened and not every planet was successful in staving off Dantooine. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably in the second episode, we would reveal that because that one needs to be more of 
kind of the, uh uh-oh, things aren't necessarily going right. Well, our fellow historians, that was the completed first episode of our High Republic era trilogy. Due to the nature of storylines and and just creating a, a story that flows through the entire three episodes, episode two and three are going to be combined and put together just based on a couple of storyline ideas that kind of go between those two episodes. So we're going to put those two together and that episode will come out on Friday. But thank you for joining us today on this episode of The Writing Room with the Star Wars Historians. For Luke Forney, this is David Gonzalez. May the force be with you.